Hey everybody, welcome back to Q-Tips. We are the Video Star Junkies and we are back once again to bring you a few selections to watch over the weekend on streaming. And we're going to jump right into it and I'll throw it to Paul. Oh, well, thank you, Renee. Well, my first my first pick, I was looking at I'm like, oh yeah, this is a great one. We hadn't recommended this cool. It's a pretty new film. Oh, 2002. Um, so, <laughs> like that was a little while ago. Um, so I'm just going to jump right in. Who doesn't like a good werewolf film? Uh, it's dog soldiers. Dog, I can speak oh. real well. Dog soldiers. Yeah. See, Bill got even though I couldn't pronounce the word. Dog soldiers by Neil Marshall, who went on to do um, uh, the Descent, and it stars uh, Sean Pertwee, who was um, John Pertwee's son. John Pertwee being the third Doctor. It is. It's great. It's a low budget film. It's almost like a siege film where you have a bunch of soldiers being under siege by a bunch of werewolves. Um, it's pretty great. Uh, it's low budget, which is hard to do a good low budget uh, werewolf film, but it's uh, it's really enjoyable. I, not much else more to say on that. It's uh, soldiers versus werewolves and works really, really well. Uh, tense, exciting, uh, good stuff. Oh, where can you see it? Holy cow, you can see it just about everywhere because did I mention it's over 20 years old? <laughs> what? How did that happen? So it's playing on Hulu. I know. Hulu, Stars, AMC Plus, Roku, Tubi, Shudder, uh, Pluto TV, Shout Factory TV, Plex, and Freevee. So pretty much anywhere you can catch this film. It's pretty great. I recommend it. And speaking of great werewolves, I'll pass this to Bill Mulligan. I thank you. And let me just second that. It's possibly my favorite werewolf movie, even more than American Werewolf in London, which I love. The Dog Soldiers is absolutely spectacular. and um, is smart in the sense that I don't know if the werewolf costumes would have held up on under the cold light of day. So they don't film it under the cold light of day. They use that magic of angles and drama and film technique. Really works. It's great. I love it. Yeah. Super. It's the aliens of werewolves. Super yeah, stuff. that's a good that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Mm. Oh, thank you. Well, um, I've got two horror anthologies for today mm. but what you Yay. can call portmandus if you want to look like a pretentious a-hole uh they're just you know <laughs> and these things you know it's very um slice or dice with these things because sometimes a lot of, a lot of these short these collections of shorts there's no cohesion to it it's just a bunch of shorts that they had like they take a bunch of student films slap them together and come up with the barest thread of, of a tie-in to try to make it all make sense and this first one is dr terra's house of horrors it is the oh yeah first, yes 1965 british anthology from amicus productions i believe this was the first of amicus's horror films and they later really kind of specialized in this because they later did House of Drip Blood, House That Drip Blood, Tales from the Crypt, Asylum, Vault of Horror, Torture Garden, From Beyond the Grave. I mean, this was their specialty. And okay, they're not Hammer, but Amicus had pretty good production values and they had a lot of really good English actors. And this one has my favorite actor, Peter Cushing. Mm, now, now uh, although I love this film, it does have a werewolf in it. Um, the problem with these also is that they all have to have surprise endings. And as I've pointed out, there are only <laughs> about five surprise endings, including my favorite surprise ending, which is, oh no, he's a werewolf, which is, you know, <laughs> just 
pulled it right out of the blue. Like at no point in any of the story was was you know any idea this person was a werewolf. But then there you go. And this one has one of those where you know it turns out there's a werewolf and it's not the person you thought it was. Uh, Peter Cushing plays Doctor Shrek, who you know that means terror, which he tells us, and he's got his tarot cards and his House of Horrors, as he calls them, and he's on a train with a bunch of people who don't realize they're dead. Oops, spoiler alert! And um, he reads their <laughs> fortune with the tarot card, and each one has a story to tell, which ends in them all dying horribly, like from a werewolf. And then at the end, it's like they get to their destination, and uh, with a shocking twist. It turns out they're all dead. Now, this is shocking if you haven't seen The Vault of Horror, Tales from the Crypt. Um, this is basically the ending of every one of these, except for Asylum, which actually tricked it up a little bit. Nevertheless, it's really good. Yeah, you, you can't go wrong with Peter Cushing. It's got uh, Donald Pleasance. It's got Christopher Lee in a great one with a disembodied hand. So I'm going to like give this to my friend Chad, who's, who's an artist and really gets freaked out by the thought of arms coming after him. Uh, it's something... Oh, yeah. You really shouldn't work on. But it's great. It's great. The Peter Cushing one is so good. Uh, the Christopher Lee one, I mean. Peter Cushing's always good, too. So uh, mm-hmm. that's Dr. Terror's House Horrors. Where can you see it? Uh, it's on everything. Ubu or Tubo. I, I can't, you know, I can't tell. That, that font is not good. I love those networks. Yeah. Roku, <laughs> Tubi, of course. Redbox, Oracle, Plex. Yeah, so there's there's lots of opportunity. This is the time to be watching these. You know, if you don't have a whole lot of time to devote to a whole movie, put on one of these, watch an episode, move on. There you go. And uh, speaking of moving on, I'm going to move right on over to Renee. Well, thank you very much. So this movie is a relatively recent horror movie, and it is called Malum. And... When you watch this movie, you might be thinking to yourself, I think I've seen this movie before. And you might have. Uh, and that movie is called Last Shift. <laughs> so let me explain this a little bit. So Malum is uh, a story of a rookie police officer, and she has taken the last shift at a decommissioned uh, police station where her father had an incident uh, and ultimately ended up uh, unaliving himself and she asks basically to be put into this station if they're closing this prison down they've got everybody moved out of it it's the very last night somebody they just need somebody there easy peasy great rookie job unfortunately there's some paranormal experiences and things just kind of get a little bit off the rails the Movie is written and directed by Anthony de Blasi and Scott Poiley, who happen to also have been the gentleman who wrote and directed Last Shift. So they just full on say that Malum is a reimagining of that story. So it's just kind of interesting to me that, you know, it's like they basically had this, I guess, movie plot in their mind and they had two different ways they could have gone with it. And they just decided to do both. And that just is crazy to me. So, But I like it. It's, it's bold. So yeah, <laughs> that's my recommendation. It is Malum. Now, it is only streaming right now on Stars, But if it's not something you have, you can always watch Last Shift. And that's available on Tubi and <laughs> a few other places. Forgive me. I will tell you at the end of the episode. <laughs> and on that note, I'll pass this back to Paul. 
<laughs> Thanks, Renee. Yeah, I really like Last Shift. So uh, it's really interesting. Is it, yeah, so is it like a, a like a different take on it? You said then, or is it? Like yeah, a, it's sort a, of. It's like almost identical in the beginning, and you're like, wait, what's happening? Malum is a name that you would know if you had seen a movie called, you know, it's like Skinamarink. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it'll definitely stick with you if you've seen that movie. But you're watching it and you're like, I've seen this movie. I know I've seen this movie. But then things change. Yeah. So it's 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 just kind of interesting. Yeah. Well, cool. Uh, I'll have to check it out. Well, uh, speaking about things that change, that's a, that's a, um, my next film is The Void from 2016, Ooh. and it's this neat. It's it's low budget, but it's got some cool kind kind of cosmic horror aspects to it. Um, and you have this this, this hospital doesn't make people to it. So cops bring a, a, a patient there. Violent, strange things, blah blah blah, weird shit. And then it does one of it it delves into some of one of my favorite kind of like I don't know if you say I guess tropes, which is a space that shouldn't be there. Like there's there's a, there's like a place in the hospital you shouldn't be there, and then there are weird cultists, and there are monsters and creatures, and Ooh. lots of goopy stuff, and it's it's just wild. It's really pretty great. It's really neat. Um, it's like I said, it starts off sort of n- normal, and then gets really weird and really goopy and really creepy. Well worth watching. Um, that's about much much I want to say on it because I think it's just one of those ones just kind of go in knowing it's going to get weird, but don't don't look at how it's going to get weird. Um, I guess some people have like compared parts of it to the thing. That's part of the goopier aspects, but um, it's a lot more than that. Uh, so again, that's the void. And again, this one's playing on a bunch of places. It's playing on Peacock, AMC Plus, Hoopla, Tubi, Redbox, Crackle, Plex, and Popcorn Flicks. And uh, before I pass this to you, Bill, um, do you do you know that they're they're reviving Amicus? Are you aware of this? I have heard rumors to that effect. Yes, I don't. So I don't okay. really know how to feel about that because you know it's like when they say we're bringing back Hammer. It's like, well, if you're not bringing back Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing and Technicolor <laughs> and all the things that made Hammer Hammer, I mean, what are you bringing back the '60s? Groovy, but I, I... <laughs> the the folks behind this are are uh, Lori Brewster and the other folks with Hex Studios, which was a Scottish indie horror film uh, company, and they actually got together with um, the I guess the the family of uh, oh, what was his name the guy who basically was the the founder of Amicus Sabatsky yeah 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 and so they they're working with his his, his family well, that's cool they've got a They've got a Kickstarter going for their first film, which will actually be a, a portmanteau film. Uh, okay. <laughs> you know, it'll be, it'll be the, the, which is called uh, In the Grip of Terror. They've got a, a, a Kickstarter going, which they were going for seventy three thousand. They've already raised, raised one hundred and fifty five thousand. Oh, that's awesome! Um, well, excellent. Yeah, yeah, and they they have like their studio is it's the the Hex Studio is basically an old decommissioned church. Um, oh, cool. and they just use it for everything. I mean, they 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 use it for everything. They they stretch their budget, and uh, so yeah, they're they're pretty cool. I'll put a a link in in our chat to the to the um, Kickstarter for it. But I, there are people who I think are are genuinely um, 
generally fond of it. So it's that's it's, that's important. Yeah, yeah. I think it's good, it's good people who who generally care for it. So that's yeah. my my thing. But speaking of people, I genuinely care for, and I mean that in all sincerity. Aww. I pass this to Bill Mulligan. Aww. Well, thank you, thank you, boy. That makes me feel so good. Unfortunately, I'm going to talk about a piece of crap. So we did. <laughs> Dr. Terror's House of Horrors, right? Uh, about a year or two after that comes Dr. Terror's Gallery of Horrors. And I just want oh, to say... I don't this, think I saw that this one. Is, oh, well, then you must. Because this is quite possibly <laughs> the most incompetent horror movie ever made. It, I love and it, it. Start, it started out... The guy who did this was David L. Hewitt, whose name should should be carved in stone as an infamy because his stuff is terrible. He did Monsters Crash the Pajama Party, Journey to the Center oh, of Time, yeah. uh, The Mighty Gorga, which which actually has a guy in a gorilla suit fighting a plastic dinosaur. You've got to see it to believe it. Just YouTube it and don't watch the movie. And he did the unforgivable The Wizard of Mars, which if you ever, like, you've got a lot of stuff on your mind, life is stressing mm. you out, you just can't get to sleep. Watch the Wizard from Mar Wizard of Mars, and I guarantee slumber will <laughs> follow as sure as night follows day. Um, he's he was terrible; just made terrible, terrible, terrible movies, um, and gave them lots of titles so you could accidentally watch watch them many times. So, Doctor Terror's Gallery of Horrors, you might have rented it as Return from the Past, The Bloodsuckers, Alien Massacre. No aliens or massacres <laughs> appear in this movie. Aww. Gallery of Horror, Gallery of Horrors, and The Witch's Clock. Under any title, this is so freaking bad. It, it, it just, each story is, is worse than the next. And what's even sadder is they managed to get uh, David Carradine, uh, John, no, John Carradine, and uh, oh, poor, poor Lon Chaney, Lon Chaney Jr. Um, he needed the money. He needed the money. What are you going to do? Um, so let me just quickly go through these all right the witch's clock is you know you I, i've seen this movie like five times and uh it, i don't remember <laughs> anything about it except it goes on and on there's like this is like it's it's like they took a full-length movie and chopped it down to just a bunch of bits there's a clock and it doesn't work and there's a witch's coven and david carradine uh, john carradine shows up and uh tells him not to stop the clock but they do stop the clock and then everything bursts into flame no, they just superimpose flame over it and everyone dies. And then a new couple comes into the house, which I just saw consumed by flame. So what the hell? And there's a clock there. The end. Um, oh, you're just like, well, it's got to get better than this. Well, then we go to King Vampire, which was supposed to be about Jack the Ripper. But the last minute, they decided to make it a vampire. You know how I said movies like this tend to end with like, oh, no, someone's a werewolf. Well, this one ends with, oh, no, someone's a vampire. Once you figure out that there's a shock ending in all of these stories, the shock ending will be apparent to you with seconds of these terrible stories, badly and competently acted. The strange thing is this was all written by a guy who actually was a pretty good writer. He, um, he, did, he uh, helped create um, Eerie Mag. It was Russ Jones. He created Creepy and Eerie Magazine. Oh, yeah, yeah. Black. Yeah, yeah, they were good stuff. And they often ended with, oh, no, someone's a werewolf. Uh, but I still <laughs> love those black and whites. He apparently, the guy went to James Warren and wanted to make a movie, and Warren said, no, you're an incompetent hack, which was true. And uh, then he said, I'm going to make the movie anyway, and they threatened to sue and all stuff. Anyway, so he did a smart thing. He went said, hey, if I can't get the rights to these uh, 
stories. Why don't I just hire the writer who wrote them? Which is actually brilliant. But they just could not make any of this work. Next movie's called, the next one's called Monster Raid. Which, uh, huh? There's, there's there's no rating. There, there's sort of a zombie. It's one of those classic EC things. There's an unhappy marriage. Most marriages are unhappy in these stories. And infidelity and a scientist, I don't know, kind of like hypnotizes himself, but then he comes back as a zombie and... Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Next one's called Spark of Life with Lon Chaney Jr. And oh my God, poor Lon Chaney Jr. He is sweating like Nixon at a debate. Oh, no. it, yeah, it... it and I, I looked, I actually saw that. They said, yeah, he was sweating so much that the makeup wouldn't stick to him. He looks he looks terrible. But you know what? He is trying. He is giving it 100%. But it only it makes everyone else look even worse because the other actors there are so terrible. And it's about a guy who's obsessed with uh, bringing people back to life because of his co- former colleague, Dr. Frankenstein. That's, that's mentioned and it goes nowhere. And so they decide, why not bring back to life this guy who was just executed for murder? Hmm. Wonder how that yeah. ends. But then the pace de resistance, Count Dracula. Um, but he he goes as Count Alucard because that fools nobody. This is one of the worst mm. Draculas ever. I swear they just yanked someone off the street and and dressed him up as Dracula. He's terrible. It condenses the entire Dracula story into about fifteen minutes with a lot of people running around and there's a vampire Lucy and there's Harker. I think it, I don't know if it takes place at Carfax Abbey or whatever. It's awful, but it does have a great ending where Dra- uh, Harker is, you know, I'm going to expose you or whatever. And Dracula's like, no, nah, blah, 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 blah. And he lifts up his cape. And so all you see is his cape. And then Harker, clearly a dubbed voice is like, I need it for myself. And then Dracula's cape falls down and yes, he's a werewolf. And just in case you're too freaking <laughs> stupid to have figured it out, out as, oh no, he's a werewolf. And and then they fight each other. The end. And you're just like, oh my God, a bunch of chimpanzees with a camera could have made a better film than this. It is so terrible. But it is watchably terrible. The You know... There's bad movies, there's boring movies, but really incompetent movies, really, really incompetent movies where you're like, how, how did this happen? How did they get these actors who showed up to do the sound for the, you know, yeah. they're just, it, it's really, it's worth watching. It's worth watching. And it, it slipped into the public domain. No, it skipped merrily into the public domain. <laughs> so if you ever get one of those, a collection of horror films, I can almost guarantee that some version of Gallery of Horror is going to be on there to shock and appall you and inspire you to go out and make your own movie because you, no matter what you do, no matter what you do, it is going to be better than 1967's Gallery of Horror. Where can you see this piece of crap? Oh, where can't you see it? It's... um. Tell you the truth, it's just on Tubi. Wow! That's it. Yeah, yeah, good the old sign Tubi. Of greatness. Tubi never lets you down. It's true. They really don't. They don't. And uh, <laughs> someone who never lets you down with her review. Oh. Well, thank you so much. My next movie, interestingly enough, is also an anthology film, and it also is a relatively new film. Surprise, surprise! I'm like actually giving like some pretty normal recommendations this week you know so Hmm. buckle up Uh, this movie is called vhs 85 and you can watch it on shutter and amc plus 
right? Yeah, AMC Plus. This, okay, so if you're familiar at all with the VHS uh, franchise, there's basically a, you know, a wraparound story. And in the middle, you've got all these other little stories sprinkled in. Fairly, you know, standard anthology situation. What they have is basically a documentary, which incidentally was written by David Bruckner. So this this main story is about a group of scientists that are researching this alien type being. They really just don't know what it is. So it's kind yeah. of following that situation. And it so then it starts sprinkling into you know, there's a group of friends that are camping and, you know, what kind of goes on with them. And then it goes into a story about a news crew that has a bit of a disaster. And then there's a, it's sort of like a spoken word situation um, or maybe even like a monologue. It's this woman doing this big performance and, you know, about technology and stuff like that. Uh, There's a a segment about a family with a just really bizarre family tradition there's some pretty good stories. And as as you may have noticed, our co-host, Zachary, is missing. He's not literally missing. He's just not here today. Um, <laughs> but he mentioned that this was a fun watch. However, that some of the ideas were a bit half-baked. And I would definitely agree with that. I think it is worth watching just because the ideas are interesting. And it is a pretty entertaining watch. It is super intense, though. So just a little forewarning, if you are somebody that probably is bothered by, you know, a lot of gore and whatnot, this is a little, little intense. So yeah, that's my recommendation. It is VHS 85, and you can watch that on Shudder and AMC+. And does anybody have any words of wisdom to speak us out with? No, no. Never look to me for words of wisdom, I think. For the weekend of Friday the 13th, I recommended Malum, available on Stars, or Last Shift, available on Tubi, and VHS 85, available on Shudder and AMC+. Paul recommended Dog Soldiers, available on Hulu, Shudder, Tubi, and Roku, and The Void, available on Shudder, Tubi, and Peacock. Bill recommended Dr. Terror's House of Horrors, available on Tubi, Roku, and Fubo, and Dr. Terror's Gallery of Horrors on Tubi. You know what we ought to do, because I haven't pissed enough people off lately. We should do <laughs> a PowerPoint-enhanced version of my top ten trash cans. Because, boy, did that... Um, Facebook is reminding me. I, I, once a day, I would, like, malign some terrible candy, of which there are many. And... I get all these comments from angry people. Like, how dare well, because, you be Because smirched? of all your bad takes, Bill? Because all your bad takes? How dare you besmirch the, the fine name of Candy Dots? And like, wait a minute, are we talking about the <laughs> same Candy no, no. Dots? The little, the little wads of sugar? Oh god, the Necco wafers. Thank you, Renee. See, this <laughs> is the, the thing. orange so, and then, black wrapped bologna. Yeah. Yes, yes. I all love the, the orange and black wrapped <gasps> uh, peanut butter peanut butter uh, oh toffee. God. That's like well, the, this is the sneak peek of our, our bonus episode. Yeah. Right you like there. circus love peanuts, that. don't you, Paul? You like circus peanuts. I, just I do like circus peanuts. Oh, oh my God. God. So what is there you don't like? <laughs> um, I'm not a big fan of tamarind candy. 
not a big fan of it. Though, okay, listen, though uh, no uh, one, tamarind-coated straw. I say nobody's a fan of tamarind candy. No, they, yeah. you know, you got to be raised in a culture that eats tamarind because they don't know <laughs> yeah. any better. Well, something. it's good if you ever have a manganato. Those are really good. It's like a, a mango slushy with a salt and and chili peppers okay. in it. Let me and, let me be I, more specific. Straw. What candy yeah. that that an American kid could yes. conceivably get on Halloween? Did you not like? <laughs> um. The orange flavored bottle caps, because the orange flavored bottle caps taste like bear children's aspirin. I, I love, love bear children's, children's aspirin. aspirin. Oh my god, yeah. no! They reminded me of throwing up because every time you ate them, you threw up. So to me, so, it, was, I, it was operant conditioning. I, I hated. I want to thank you, Paul, because you had well illustrated how right I was and how wrong my critics were. Um, <laughs> what do you mean? Chocolate Necco wafers are the best. Man. 